This is Peter. And this is Tom. And you're listening to History Teachers Talking Podcasts. All right, this is Peter Zablocki and Thomas Reska, and welcome back to our podcast. Tommy, what do we got? Yes. Well, today we're <laughs> going to take a look at um, <laughs> a lot of energy today, right? <laughs> today we're going to take a look at some of the uh, lost burial sites in history, some of these historical figures that you definitely have heard these people, but we don't really uh, know where their burial sites are anymore. Some of that was by design. Some of it is just kind of lost to history, so we're going to explore that a little bit. Yep. And I didn't realize a lot of these, like, as, as you mentioned, we know a lot of these people. I did not really realize that we don't know what happened to them after their death. I, like, some of these people, I was like, really? I, like, I wouldn't have thought that it was a big mystery where they were buried or where their you know, remains. What do you think about are. it? I mean, if some of these people are so famous, um, right? history-wise. Maybe like that, a that, shrine or something. There'd be shrine where there probably are, like, you know, there's museums that have this stuff of them. But at their actual burial site, you, you don't know. It's not like – you can go to Philadelphia and there's Ben Franklin's right there, like in the middle of the yep. city. Oh, I've been there. That was actually pretty cool. Like, yeah, it's been there too. Stuff. But like it's one of those. And you can actually go to D.C. and you have Lincoln, Washington, all those. But like the, these are some other non-American ones. Well, there's a few Americans I guess we'll touch on the yeah. list, right? Yep. But um, ones that are out there that just – you know, you, they don't know. Right. Have you ever been to um, Ulysses S. Grant's tomb in New York City? Uh, yes, yes. I remember like a class trip once we Right. There. So like I went with a couple of my colleagues and, and friends, you know, all history teachers. Um, we had like a day off of school for some reason. So we're like, let's just go see the tomb. <laughs> like, you know, that's what history teachers do. And when we got there, the actual um, park ranger was so excited that someone came to see it. I think like, I know you were telling me this, yeah. Yeah, he was like sleeping in his booth. <laughs> we like walked in and he was like, oh, hello. He got like super excited. It was one of those like we, we made his day because I guess people don't visit these places anymore. However, yeah, it's not like I, some other ones, I guess. Yeah. Right. And I, I guess the, I kind of pitched this idea to you. I, I got this idea from a student of mine, believe it or not. I kind of just threw it out there and I was like, hey, hey, guys, what do you think we should do our podcast on? And uh, one of my students, Ion, was like, you know, no one really knows where like Genghis Khan is buried. And I was like, really? And that's kind of what this originated. Yeah, so let's, so maybe, I guess let's start with let's him. Just start with him, right? You want to you get that one? Well, everybody knows about Genghis Khan. At the very least, you've heard the name. I guess I, that's a, a name we've kind of tossed around and doing a podcast on, right? Like the, yes. the great conquerors and stuff like that. We should, prob- we should, should probably do. do a podcast just on, on, on him. On Genghis Khan, yeah. Because isn't yeah. like a certain number of people related to him anyway, like – there's like a large percentage of people just related to him. I mean, the empire that he, okay. I mean, this yeah. guy took over. Basically, he conquered more territory than any person in history, but very little Never. is known about what he looked like, how he died, where he's buried. And the legend is, that, all right, so he died in 1227, right? That's the general consensus of when uh, the great Khan died. According to legend is that he, his soldiers honored his request to keep his gravesite a secret, but they basically killed anyone who saw where he was buried and anyone who saw his funeral profession. So they ensured their silence by it. And those soldiers who did all the killing then killed themselves. Yes. Um, yeah, they all killed the ones that, that, yeah, they killed everyone that showed up to the actual funeral. And then they killed, yeah, and then they killed themselves. And there's another account that says the men concealing the grave, they were um, they trampled it with 10,000 horses. Other claims they um, diverted a river over it, which is something you see a lot. I was watching um, – you ever watch that show – like history, it's with that Josh Gates guy. I forget what it's actually called, Expedition yeah, Unknown yeah, or something like that. And they were looking for a, um, so a couple other kings, these lost graves. Um, no, I didn't even know we were doing this podcast yet, but it was watching it. And they said that happened a couple of times. They basically diverted rivers to 
covered the grave and they murdered everyone who was around it. So that, that idea is not like, you know, exclusive yeah. just to Genghis Khan. They have a river, protect it from robbery and, you know, people coming, desecrating it. So, um, his final resting place is one of the most sought after in all the prizes of archaeology. People want to find it. And they believe it's probably located somewhere in Mongolia, right? The um, uh, Kenheti province. But even though they're looking for it, they just can't find it. And they're using like, you know, ground penetrating radar. They use drones and no team. There's teams of people. They said there's probably about anywhere between like 50 to 100 teams like looking for his tomb. And they just can't find it. Like that's how popular it is. Because if you find, if you can somehow find it, I don't know how you can prove it. It's not going to be like a note that says, "Oh, hey, you found Genghis Khan's tomb," but it's going to be, you know, obviously, it's uh, forget about just financially, but for archaeologists, it's a big find. You're going to get rich I mean, off of it. Too, I mean, I yeah, guess, I mean, right? they're still looking. Yeah, I, the closest they got was October 6, two thousand four. It was like a joint Japanese Mongolian archaeological dig, and it uncovered what they believe to be like Genghis Khan's palace. Um, in rural Mongolia, they're still not sure if it that is the palace, and therefore they're not even sure if he's even buried in the palace. Not to mention that we don't really know exactly how he died either. Like you said, it's so oh, yeah. much mystery around this guy. But if you look at like a map of how much territory he conquered, the Mongol Empire um, in twelve hundred, right? It's humongous, and it's so odd that like there's so much mystery around this guy. <laughs> so when you look at it. Even when his death, they're saying like potentially he fell off his horse when he was hunting and then died because of the injury. Right, he got injured, right? Like an arrow or, or yeah, the one was with a, like a an cut arrow. that got infected. Like yep. So no one really knows much about him, and to this day, including no one really knows where he's buried. Which I was kind of surprised for someone that is so known. Let's uh, let's talk about another person that kind of took over a lot of places, and you have Attila the Hun. So Attila the Hun, um, it, apparently very anticlimactic death, right? Like 453 AD. Um, did you hear this one? Like how he supposedly died? No, so, there's a couple of the Hun, same, same premise, right? I, I mean, this guy's known in history as like a conqueror. Apparently he died because he passed out drunk on his wedding night. Apparently many, uh, one of many weddings. Um, and they say that when he passed out, he sort of yeah, choking. Yeah, his, his own wedding feast, right? I did see that. Yeah. And out. apparently he's sort of choking from a nosebleed, but people thought he was just like snoring and falling asleep drunk. So they just like let him be. But like the nosebleed actually choked him. So anyway, he was a ruler for, of the Huns from. And no, one, and no one was going to like wake him up, you know? No, like, no, no. They're like, yeah, that must like, let him, he's okay. Yeah, because you're going to, he would, yeah, not going to. Well, happen. they said he was one of the most feared enemies of the Western and Eastern Roman empires. I mean, this guy basically plundered the Balkans. He was like super, super feared. And there's a lot. We could actually do a podcast on him as well because he's kind of known as to be a pretty cruel conqueror. But when he's when he's dying, ultimately, so he dies from his nosebleed and his warriors honor him by. I saw um, this, yeah. So there, first of all, there's like a day of grief and funeral games before they actually bury him. But then just say this one, they bury him in a trio of coffins. Three coffins, yeah. They one of iron, one of silver, and one of gold. But before yeah. that, what they do to themselves, like you said, to honor them, is they cut off their hair and they slice open their cheeks because they want to mourn him with their own blood. That's intense, you know, um, oh. dedication right. to someone, right? right? Yeah. So, but yeah, so. and then they bury him in three different coffins. And again, they do something that we talk about with Gen- with um, Genghis Khan, right? They divert a river to bury his triple coffins in a riverbed, and they yeah. let the river flow over the burial site. Which is which is crazy, but also the ceremony was conducted in secret, right? So yeah, like, even at the secret. time, a lot of people don't know that it's recorded. They know it's happening, and they, they got the prisoners. They got prisoners to dig up the actual grave, and then they were obviously killed right away um, to deter any like grave robberies. Um, but they, 
To this day, no one's found his grave. It is believed it's located somewhere in Hungary. Um, well, there was uh, people in 2014 came out and said that they in Budapest, right? They mm-hmm. claimed they found his burial chamber while digging in the banks of the um, Danube River. They stumbled upon a chamber that contained a horse, skeleton, human skeletons, jewelry, a lot of different equipment, massive swords, and they thought maybe it was Attila the Hun's um, for burial site, but it was proven to be a hulk. A hoax. Yeah, they said it was. People really came in real. and put in there, which is what's going to happen. People, you know, they get their name out in the news. I get these, you know, archaeologist magazines. I guess you know, very. There are archaeologist magazines. Yeah, I know. I had I'm, no idea I'm, until I started I'm, looking into it. I was like, oh wow, there is. Cleopatra. You know what really got me about Cleopatra, which I didn't realize until I started doing this research. You didn't know she was an Egyptian. Well, no, we knew that. We already said that. Um, remember that was in one other podcast, like a long time ago. No, this one that got me is she apparently committed suicide at the age of 39 on August 10th. And I From am 39 ass, and my right? birthday is August 10th. Oh, there you go. So See? That's you're gonna be, you're gonna be I was like, right what? Now, right? I'm a fan. You, you have to stay away from asps then so they don't bite you. Well, yeah. P- plus this was 30 BC, but so. it's still August 10th. Oh, and she was 39, which is kind of oh, crazy. Um, all right. So like, you're right. So how did she actually, why did she kill herself? And how did she kill herself? And well, the Romans are invading, right? They invade yes. Egypt. Yep. And she knows what's going to happen if the Romans get her. So, so what she said, she didn't want to be paraded yeah. around town or anything like that. So and Mark Anthony commits suicide after that too, right? Or dies yes. after that. Yeah. This is like the, the, the real, apparently, um, Romeo and Juliet story over here. So she, she kills herself. She commits suicide, but to this day, no one really knows for a fact exactly how she did it. Um, popular belief is that she allowed uh, an Egyptian cobra to basically bite and poison her. That's one way. Um, then there were some other things. There was like a, a toxin that, that was just introduced into her bloodstream, this toxin through scratching. Um, then there's the idea that someone apparently injected poison with a needle, like a really crude uh, rudimentary needle. Um, but then again, no venomous snake was found anywhere you know near her body. But she did have, they say, tiny puncture wounds on her arm that could have been caused by a needle or a snake. So no one really knows how she committed suicide. We just know that she did. And then things get a little, like, iffy here. Mark Anthony, also, you know, that's like her boyfriend, I guess we could call it in today. Star-crossed time. lovers, yes. Indeed. They supposedly they were actually laid to rest together, right? That's the... that's the Yeah, it was a pretty um, big ceremony. And it was actually Octavian that um, allowed the, uh, them the honor of burial. It was kind of like a Roman um, tradition, so he allowed them to, because they because they killed themselves, he allowed them to have the, an honorable burial. So then, what happens to this place that where they buried? There's a mausoleum, right? And all of a sudden, it's just gone in history. No one knows what happened to it. Well, they think what happened was probably the uh, there was a bunch of earthquakes, right, in yep. the um, f- uh, fourth and an eighth century, a bunch of earthquakes, and basically changed the topography of Alexandria. So. Um, if they, they believe if it was there, they're not sure, but if it was there, it's got to be underwater now. And that's like a major Crazy. thing. A lot of these early historical things, I know I've even read a story about if you follow like the 300 Spartans, I'm sure you've ever heard of that story. Yeah. Like that whole area, the hot gates is actually underwater now. Like it, it is. It's, the only way you wow. can go to it is like from a, like a, you know, with scuba gear and stuff like that. I was talking about it, it's like a tourist trap there now because people say, oh, come see the hot gates, you know, how that movie 300 came out and they, they were showing people that in Greece and, Historians like, no, that's not the real hot gates. The real hot gates are underwater right now because of the topography and everything, the earthquakes. So crazy. Crazy. And what's also interesting, so I mean, I did kind of, Shakespeare definitely um, kind of used them, um, immortalized them more or less in his plays and, and stuff. 
But they actually recently, I think it's um, 2019, they believe that they might have found her tomb. Um, or at least like more or less, not they haven't found her tomb, but the archaeologists believe that they have now an idea where she might potentially be buried. That could be. Yep. And that's fairly recent. So I think that's kind of interesting that we're... we're yeah, I mean, I'm mean, i sure some of these ones that we're talking about will be discovered at some day. Right. And I, mm-hmm. and I think we'll touch... Well, they just found out who the Zodiac was, right? So you never know. You never know. Belief is that they're definitely buried in the same tomb. And they are supposedly closing in a little bit, like 18 miles from Alexandria at the time. They believe that they found this potential place where it might be. So again, we don't know, but eh, you never know. It's not like they um, can just go and dig automatically. Like it takes a lot. No, I mean, so they, they want because if it is there, they don't want to destroy it. It's not as simple right. as just digging in the ground with a bunch nope. of like construction equipment. I mean, for example, look at uh, what's his name when they found. Um, yes, what's his name? King it's a very Harad. interesting historical no, character. Stop it, King Harad. Harad, right? Harad. That's what it was. King Harad's tomb went missing, um, like you know, two thousand years ago. Uh, they say that King of Judea likely died in like four BC, um, and I think he probably died. They said it was at the time like a gruesome illness. Again, 4 BC. So, you know, we have what we have historically. But they believe it was a chronic kidney disease and infection. And then there's a lot of history, ancient texts that are written afterwards, after Herod's um, death. Again, king of Judea. And then, like, basically, it's supposed to be a lavish burial site. And then it's gone. They find it in 2007. The scholars finally find his tomb. So, this, like you said before, like, these things could be found for, you know, as we speak, they're looking for it. But what you brought up as well is that you can't just kind of go and start digging. They found the place where they believed um, Harad's tomb was 35 years before they actually found it. Like they found it and they started excavating and it took them 35 years. I'm talking from 1970s yeah, until 2007 time. to actually get to what they wanted to get to. Like that's a long it's not, time. It's not, an over, yeah, it's not an overnight thing. Right. Just crazy. They found it in like a man-made hill. Apparently, it was um, it was like a Hebrew university oh, yeah, professor yeah, yes, that yes. started it in 1972. Yeah. They were like, okay, this is like, a, this again, this is today. They'll scan it with computers and lasers. But back then, yeah. they're like, this is a man-made hill. Uh, it was about eight miles south of Jerusalem, and they started just excavating this hill in 72. Just crazy. No bones were found. They believe that highly likely. Uh, they found his tomb, but highly likely Jewish rebels um, sometime during like 60 AD destroyed um, that particular tomb. But anyway, well, that another, just shows well, that. Well, another yeah. place, yeah, it shows it's hard to do it, but they can't find these. But another one that like, used to be well known, wasn't on purpose, wasn't hidden, but now was kind of lost to history, was Alexander the Great, right? Yeah. I mean, that's a kind oh, of interesting cool. story too. So everyone knows the story of Alexander the Great, okay? Um, died in Babylon, 323 BC. Macedonian, right? Yes, indeed. Like our really okay. good friend. No, can't can't diss the Macedonians. Although nope. the Ma- that's a whole other. Well, should we issue. say North Macedonia? North Macedonia. I was just said it's a whole big issue, but we'll, yeah. we'll have a podcast on that eventually. We should. We should. Um, but basically, you know, he he conquers from Greece all the way to India, right? So he's the warrior king. He dies. He was placed in a um, golden sarcophagus, right, and coffin. Eventually taken to a tomb in Alexandria, and it was in this mausoleum for for years. And it was, became basically like an ancient tourist attraction, right? Like Caesar's known to have gone there, Julius Caesar, Augustus. They pay their respects. Um, Caligula, which really should, we've talked about this a couple times, really should do a podcast on Caligula. Yeah, but uh, intense dude. He, um, there's rumors that he basically looted Alexander's armor um, breastplate during a visit in the first century. Yep. And then um, eventually the Roman emperor, um, Servius, um, has a tomb sealed off around 199 because people keep on going there stealing stuff. 
Yeah. And then basically that's the last time we hear anything about Alexander the Great's tomb. It goes kind of like coals from there. And there's been a, hundreds of these expeditions to try to like pick up where it is now. They believe it's probably somewhere in Alexandria, but others argue that it was probably moved at some point, some point to even Greece, Venice, um, or some other place, even in Egypt, they're saying it was moved at some point to keep it away from looters. So it could be one of those things that um, some people might know where it is and it might be documented somewhere to state where it is, but it's definitely hidden from history. But this was one that like he wasn't, everyone wasn't killed after he died. It wasn't, you know, hidden underneath a riverbed. It would say, this is where he's buried. Come, you know, come see Alexander the Great's tomb. And people went, it just over time disappeared. everyone. My name is Jenna Spinelli, and I host and produce a podcast called Democracy Works. It's a collaboration between the McCourtney Institute for Democracy at Penn State and WPSU, Central Pennsylvania's NPR station. If you enjoy this podcast, I think you'll like our show too. Every episode examines a different aspect of what it means to live in a democracy. Sometimes it's big picture issues like neoliberalism or demagoguery, and other times it's more on the ground topics like ranked choice voting and how local news deserts are democracy deserts too. Some of our previous guests include Jonathan Haidt, Andrew Sullivan, and even Wynton Marsalis. So I hope you'll check out Democracy Works. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Which is crazy because, like you mentioned, it was like the first like tourist attraction. Like, think of Lenin's mausoleum. Oh, people wanted to go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, Lenin's tomb. It's still, uh, he's situated. Still there. He's, yeah. Exactly. He's going to get up one day and walk out. But it's crazy because I mean, he embalmed so many times. You could Google pictures of this, but uh, Lenin's tomb is situated in Red Square in the center of Moscow, and it's you know obviously the resting place of Lenin. But his body has been preserved and on public display since his death in 1924, um, which is crazy. Like you could, you could just go check it out. Um, I thought, I mean, I think it was kind of crazy. They say that like millions of people have visited Lenin's tomb, but I guess this was kind of what you had going over here with yeah, well, Alexander the Great. Alexander Great. Um, all right, so let's uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, we did Khan. We did Alexander Great. Um, oh, Mozart. Yeah, this is more modern one. Yeah, yeah, right. Story. Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. Um, so amazing composer. Everyone's heard the war, you know, the name Mozart. He dies from some mysterious illness, uh, late 1700s. Uh, they place him in a wooden coffin and they actually put him in an unmarked grave in Vienna. Um, and he lays in his unmarked grave until like 19th century. So he lays there for, you know, I would say probably 20 years or so at the time, the way this used to work is after like 20 years or so. An unmarked grave would be dug up and the body would be kind of like dispersed with and crushed or something. And it would make room for new burials. So they're like reuse the same burial site. Um, So basically what happened here is highly likely that's what happened to him. What I don't understand is why did they put him in an unmarked common grave? Again, I would need to look into that a little bit more. But apparently that's what I did. And then um, his body's kind of exhumed and supposedly thrown out. However, apparently the guy that was in charge of that cemetery put like was thinking ahead and he put a piece of um, like a metal or something that he like knocked into his skull, into uh, Mozart's skull so that he could identify it later on. And apparently this gravedigger guy claimed that he recovered his skull in like in 1801 because he was able to find the skull with this metal ding in it. 
But isn't um, it disputed if it actually is his skull? Yes. Like they, yep. they can't prove anything? Yep, they can't prove it. It does exist. It um It is at Mozart's like International Museum Foundation or something, but uh, no DNA analysis thus far have been able well, to. I did find about it what you were saying, like why he was buried in this unmarked grave or common grave. Right. Basically, his, um, his friend uh, basically made all the arrangements for him to be buried there. And it simply, it wasn't a communal grave or a pauper's grave by any stretch, but it was just a normally normal, ordinary grave location, um, kind of like the ones that are used today. Yep. And um, because it was public law, local law, they said it could be re- dug up and reused after 10 years. And that's basically pretty much what happened, like you said. And then they just don't know where his remains are. Someone probably came, dug him up, and has him. Sir Francis Drake. And you know, it's funny because everyone knows Sir Francis Drake, but I know Drake primarily from like, playing you know um uncharted for playstation isn't drake a um he's a, a rapper right he's well, the one from the from degrassi yeah. he is from degrassi back in the day you just age oh, yourself S- degrassi sir, Fr- sir francis drake okay different drake. yeah sir francis that's, drake. Come on, that, that's my yeah. um that's, that's my dad jokes right there he was queen elizabeth's uh the first favorite privateer um, pirate, right? yeah he's a pirate basically and uh he met his end in panama in 1596 um, he basically started like harassing um, Spanish holdings in new, the New World and kind of as he's circumnavigating the globe, he's kind of messing with the Spanish. He's defeated like numerous times. He uh, In 1595, he fails to conquer Las Palmas. Um, then he has a disastrous um, campaign against Spanish America. Finally, uh, the Spanish gunners shoot a cannibal through his um, cabin and his flagship. He apparently survives this. Then he tries to attack in the rich port of Panama, which is where he's defeated again. And it was shortly thereafter that he actually dies on January 28th, 1596. He was he was about 56 years old um, and he dies of dysentery. So basically, you know, common disease at a time um, when you die from some really bloody diarrhea. Anyway, graphic, graphic, I guess. Right. I mean, it just makes me think of um, what's that game? Oregon Trail. But. So what happens after he after his death, right? Uh, he's dressed in his armor, very heavy armor. He is sealed inside a lead coffin, and he's given a traditional burial at burial. sea. Yeah, which means you're not going to find it. Like yeah, but, but they're still looking for it. Because they're still they, looking for it, yeah. Because it's supposedly like when they dropped him off, they're like they were about 14 miles off the coast of Portobello. Like it was pretty much written down how where they dropped him. Um, so they've been lost in the Caribbean, obviously, but it hasn't stopped. I mean, divers, archaeologists, treasure hunters – um, they're literally because it's so heavy that when it fell, they're like, "Well, maybe we could find it." But the depths yeah, of they the found ocean, two of his scuttle ships, and they were like looking for. Uh, that's what it was in 2011, co- right? Yeah, yeah, coffin around there. But I mean, the odds of finding it—that's literally like a deal in a haystack type of yeah. thing. But, but they did find his two ships. Years. That's cool. 2011, yeah. they found his two ships, which is kind of cool. well. Scuttle ships are a little bigger than a coffin. Well, yeah, coffin. but I mean, it could be close, right? Uh, needless to say, they have not found it, so we do not know where Sir Francis Drake is buried. Um, Thomas Paine. I was kind of a little surprised to find Thomas Paine on here. Yeah, this was uh, one you thought would be somewhere, like, like somewhere in the, the United States. Not, that I'm, not yeah. that I'm spending time thinking about Thomas Paine. No offense, but like you figure it would definitely be buried somewhere. You know, well, maybe he's yeah, he's got to be buried somewhere. You know, like American Revolution, all that good stuff. But well, so we know. So just for anyway. A little recap for for those of you guys that might have forgotten. Thomas Paine is known as the man that wrote a pamphlet called Common Sense and eventually the American Crisis, which was read by George Washington prior to the attack of Trenton. Um, 
basically what you're looking at is this is the guy that is kind of credited with inspiring common Americans to rally behind the cause for independence. Um, he was British, though, interesting enough. Um, so anyway, considered a hero, but then like things kind of go in the wrong direction for him afterwards. Um, the Age of Reason, he writes this book. Um, basically, he like uh, tries to attack the church in this book. He's attacking church, which doesn't go very well, obviously, in the yeah. 1800s. And, and apparently when he dies in 1809, not a lot of people actually go to see him, you know, see his funeral. Yeah, so, he wasn't really well supported. He wasn't really well liked no. at that point in the United, in, in the United States. United States yeah. yeah. So or basically, anywhere, right? right, in 1809, uh, one of his friends uh, exhumes Payne's corpse. Yeah. and William ships Cobbett. It, Cobbett, right? Yeah, he ships it over to England. And it is that's where he has this belief that like you know they're going to see him as a hero, even though this is the guy that like left England yeah. and then complained well, about he, England and kind of caused a memorial to yeah. be made and all this other stuff. And basically, right. no one cares. He can't get any interest in it. So basically, the remains just sit in Cobbett's attic yeah. for years. Which I don't know why you don't bring it somewhere else. I don't know why you want your friends' remains in your attic. That's Tom, just, I'm not going to have your remains in my attic. No, I was going to say that too. That's not going to happen. All right, no offense, nope. but nope. This is not going to um, happen. At least a basement. Give me the basement. I'm just kidding. Uh, but still, so what happens is, <laughs> did you see how it ends? So now accounts believe that literally it was just like thrown in the garbage later on. It's threw out or they recycled his bones into buttons. Like imagine that. They're saying like this the indignities that this guy got. Like when you read him in the history book, it's Thomas Paine, right? Big time hero, common sense. But it's, his life ended and then his reputation just was like nothing after that. It was a really interesting story. Yeah, like his body is like was just, you know. But actually, did you see this too? Historians also believe that because a lot of different collectors have claimed over the years yeah, to have like his. possessed parts of him. Um, yeah. So the belief is like that his maybe this hand, guy just draw, exactly. And the belief is that his friend eventually was like, I don't know what to do with this, so he just started like handing out parts of Thomas Paine. Yeah, well, that's, that's actually a common thing to do with like saints, right? This is crazy. But I thought like, it was a little intense. Yeah, I know. Well, it's not going to fly today. You're not going to want, like, you know, no. people's body parts to, like, remember them by. But I guess back in the 1800s, that's a, that's a nice souvenir. Well, there's also another one that's kind of disputed, even though it's not disputed, but it potentially is disputed. And that is Leonardo da Vinci. I don't know if you saw this. Um, so they had to move him. So after painting Mona Lisa uh, and The Last Supper, da Vinci winds up moving to France. Uh, to work for King Francis I. Um, so after he dies, the French bury him in a chapel. And what happens is the French Revolution kind of comes into play. Yeah, and, and you got to get it out. They know they, have, they know they have to move there. Exactly. Between. So a group of revolutionaries like basically wipe out this chapel. So fans of the Renaissance um, kind of remove his remains and transport him to a smaller chapel. But the question, and that's kind of where he is today, but the question remains is, no one's really sure if they transplanted the right remains because uh, he was not the only body in that chapel. And they're not sure if like because of the, uh, again, the French Revolution, the commotion, they're not sure if, to this day if it's really him that was transplanted. And, and the they, problem they is want to test some of the DNA, right? Like in yeah, and the, there's a problem with the DNA. The yeah, he had he no children. Kids. So yep. it's his half-brother. They were compared to his half-brother. Yeah. And they and they said because of that, it's that. like still, yeah. Uh, they said they're going to try to compare the modern DNA with like a lock of hair that might might have come from Da Vinci. So we know where he's buried, 
but historians are doubtful enough where they're like willing to spend millions of dollars to figure out if that's really him, which I thought was kind of crazy. Um, I what else? Yeah, well, let's let's talk about. Do you have any other ones that we don't? Because are you want to? I have a few that like were lost and then they were found. We have ones that they um yeah they were ones that they lost they they found later on, obviously. Well, one that's um I know we've talked about a bit, but that they think we're probably never going to know exactly unless um like KGB decides to say stuff is Hitler. Oh yeah, Hitler. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So they like the KGB initially hit all the evidence of the leader's burial. Uh, they wanted to make sure that you know it was never found. So it wouldn't yeah. become like a fascist meeting site. But that one we kind of talked up. We kind of talked about. We did kind of talk about that. But at the same time, like I, I, when I started looking into this this time around, there were some things that came up that I just don't remember reading last time we did this. Because apparently um, when they find the leader, you know, the remains of him and, and Ava Brown, which were right next to the bunker. So apparently they moved these and like hide them in like German forests. The Soviets do this. And then they dig them up, transport them over. And it says that KGB takes it over in 1970. Um, and apparently, like, they, they dig up the Fuhrer's body. And then according to some KGB documents, they were burnt on a bonfire outside of this town, right? But I don't think any of this is really – like, I, I wouldn't – I don't know how credible yeah, this is. Yeah, I don't know. You never know. Remember, we talked about it in the podcast, too. Like, they found, they had that skull. They always said it was Hitler's. Yeah. And yep. they test it in, like, what, 2004 or whatever, 2008. Yep. And it turns out to be a, a woman's skull. So they're like, oh, well, I guess that's not – so you never know. So you, it's just one of the, it's just one of those things of what really happened with him. Nuts. There is no formal burial site of Adolf Hitler. Right, and I mean, and this is crazy. Like, so, right, but some of these things do get found. That's that's definitely something we need to talk about. Um, I mean, recently you have the remains of Don Quixote author Miguel Cervantes, right? Um, it was lost for centuries. Um, it was misplaced somewhere in like the Covenant. Um in madrid and they found him it's like oh look we found him <laughs> that's exciting after being like lost for hundreds of years which is kind of crazy richard iii of england that was richard a III, big yeah. find that's a big um one. yeah so he's killed during the battle of bosworth field 1485 um he does actually receive a, a, a burial site right a great fairs ferry church and the ferry was dissolved in 1538 and demolished not long afterwards. But no one really bothered to make sure that Richard's body was accounted for. So by 1600s, it was basically lost. They're like, yeah, we destroyed this ferry. And wait, wasn't it Richard III? Like, wasn't he buried there? So 2012. So this is from 1500 to 2012. There, were, um, there was an excavation of a bank parking lot. And archaeologists uncovered like the ferry's original foundation. They're like, oh, wait, let's stop. So from there, they were able to determine like the location of the actual choir area of the ferry where Richard's remains were rumored to be based on historical writings. And it actually turned out to be correct because they found a skeleton that bared the same curved spine, death injuries as the king. And um, by February 2013, DNA testing had proved that it was indeed the long lost body of King Richard III. Um, that's kind of crazy. Imagine that. We're just going to do some uh, parking lot stuff here. Uh Boom. Yeah. I mean, that's what they find. They recently found the um, Romanovs, too. Yeah. So that's a cool story if you look at the Romanovs. Yeah. Because the last stars of Russia yep. they were killed. And they were, again, like they were intended, they wanted the bodies to be hid. They were going to hide them in iron mines. They had trucks yep. carrying them. Um, so they wanted to basically got stuck in the mud. So they had to hurry and dispose of the corpses. So they decided to burn them right there. And they threw acid on the remains um, and burned them underneath some logs. 
And then two of the children were buried in a different grave because the guy who's doing it basically would be hard to identify the family if they were separated. And he yep. was pretty much right. And his plan worked until the 70s when they actually discovered It's just crazy how this happens. Because someone yeah. finds it and they're like, oh, no, the communists are going to kill well, me. Well, yeah, they got worried. They're like, they're like well, we found this. But he was like, oh, I'm not going to. He tried that forensic test done, but ended up putting it, the skulls back where he found them because he believed he was putting his life in danger. People yeah, like, he thought the communists were going to kill him. This is 79. Yeah, it's like you better not be advertising that you found the Romanovs. He's like, oh, man, okay, what are you talking about? Who are the Romanovs, yeah. right? So it wasn't until 1990 then that um, he wrote to Boris Yeltsin to inform of the location of the bodies, which led to uh, excavation. And then the separate graves came to two Romanov children wasn't found until 2007. So like you said, it takes a long time for this to happen. And then yeah. eventually the um, family and the four and four housemaids who were also executed were all re- um, reuniting a crypt at Peter and Paul Cathedral in St. Petersburg. You know, I remember hearing about this and seeing it on TV. It was like a big deal. And they, you can go we should really – did we do a podcast on like the Romanov and uh, the – We did a World War One one, didn't we? Yeah. Some stuff in World War One. You know, it's been, it's been too many now. I'm like forgetting what we did. I got to look yes, back. Go check the archives. Indeed. Um, yeah, Romanov's was kind of an interesting story. I just think it's crazy that as geologists like discovers these three skulls with bullet holes, yeah, right? But he's like freaked out. He's yeah, like, oh, there's well, 79. He's like, uh, let's put these back. <laughs> don't, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. I did not find anything. Welcome to Soviet Russia. Nuts. Anyway, I mean, I think this is pretty much it. I mean, if you guys... If you I mean, guys there's other ones out there, obviously, but these are so many, like yeah. the, the main ones that we were able to locate and just uh, the cover quickly here. Yeah, and if you guys again, if you guys are more interested in this, you could totally just keep on looking. There's a lot um, tombs of historical figures that have been lost. Um, I mean, uh, probably some of the more known one here would be like Cleopatra and Alexander Great and Genghis Khan. I mean, these are all names people heard. I mean, there's other ones too. There's other different kings and stuff like that. that There's a lot of kings actually that I saw. Yeah, Yeah, King Harold. Right, actually, that one they found. Nefertiti, they think Nefertiti is, might potentially be buried somewhere near King Tut. Yeah, she was, yeah, Tut, right? yeah, yeah, she was his mother-in-law. So they were like, so. maybe. But anyway, for all of you guys that are out there listening, we really appreciate all your support. And if you haven't already done so, please make sure you subscribe wherever you are indeed listening to this podcast. And if you ever need us, you could find us at historyteacherstalkingpodcast.com. Um, you know, on social media, we're, we're around. We really do enjoy... Um, the emails, uh, they are fun and they're very, really, really nice and kind so far. So we enjoy them. Yeah, as please well keep as, that happening. Yeah, as well as your comments on social media. So uh, and reviews. You know, if you're uh, if you're out there and you're actually enjoying this, please feel free to leave a review. That that always helps out. So thank you so much, guys, and I'll see you guys next week. Enjoy. Stay safe, everybody. I hope everyone enjoyed our podcast, and if you would like to email us, you can do so at historyteacherspodcast at gmail.com. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. 
Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts.